last week, welcome back from the new year, and we decided to bring in the new year something that we really feel like God has really impressed on us last week, and then also this week, is this concept of hope. And um, so last week, Isaac preached on hope. Do you guys remember, like, kind of what he talked about and the concepts he brought up? Does anybody remember? Hope. Anybody else? Anybody else want to talk about it? Talk about what Isaac talked on? Yes. Yes. So he talked about um, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Isaac, do you want to just say kind of briefly what you preached on? Just really briefly. Yeah, yeah. so if you guys want to, it is recorded, and it will be up on the church website if you guys want to go back to it and reference it. But uh, tonight, I wanted to keep going on this train of hope, hope train. And um, next week, if you guys don't know that, Kim Cooney is going to be coming, and she's going to be preaching a sermon and ministering to us, and she's going to be cooking the food, too. It's going to be a really beautiful time. So make sure that you guys come back next week, because next week is going to be really great, too. And then after that, you guys can leave forever. Just kidding. Um, But I wanted to start it off tonight just talking about one of the verses in the Bible that I have had memorized personally for a really, really long time. Um, Who knows what Hebrews 6, 19 is? The Bible verse. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're onto it. It's like, yeah. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. And I just really wanted to talk about our hope that anchors us. So um, I don't know about you. I don't know every one of you personally, but I am a dreamer. I have a lot of hopes in my life, in the life of the church, in your guys' lives. I have a lot of hopes. I've got a lot of dreams. But I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm also a pessimist. It's hard. It's a struggle. I, uh, <clears throat> I have a lot of hopes and dreams, but I also have a lot of pessimism. <laughs> yeah. And so um, <clears throat> I just wanted to share a couple of dreams that I have personally, things that, you know, maybe you guys can relate to or that you feel like resonates with you. Something that I have for our church is Haggai 2.3, and it talks about um, basically that uh, you know, who of you has seen this house, this house meaning the church or the temple back then, who of you has seen this house in its former glory? I will tell you the truth. I will do even greater things. And I just feel like that that is a verse that God has spoken over our church personally and over our groups and over our ministries. And um, so that's a hope that I'm holding on to. A hope that I'm holding on to for myself is that one day I'll be um, on staff at a church. And that's a hope that I have. And a hope that I have for you guys is that I long to see you guys, um, the dreams that are in your guys' hearts. I want to see you guys fly with those dreams. And um, I just have a lot of hopes 
a lot of hopes, but I also have a lot of pessimism. And that is hard to have. And so I memorized this verse a long time ago because of that's kind of my nature is to be, have a lot of dreams and a lot of hopes, but also have this pessimistic attitude. So verses like this where it says, we have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. It's just something that has really grounded me. So I really wanted to take some time to dive deep into not just that verse, but that whole little portion of scripture because it has a lot in it. And I don't know about you guys, but if you guys are people who have a lot of hopes and dreams, but really struggle with the in-between and really struggle um, with how to wait well and how to be patient for those promises, I just really felt like that this was something that, that I was supposed to speak on tonight. Okay, so I'm going to read Hebrews 6. Um, and I don't know how much of it I'm going to read. I'm going to start, it's at the end. Um, but I'm going to do the Passion Translation as much as I hate the Passion Translation. I'm going to do the Passion Translation because it's very easy for you guys to uh, kind of grasp. Um, <clears throat> okay. So if you guys wanted to start in, let's see. Hebrews 6. Um, Okay, I'll just read 13 through the end. Now when God made a promise to Abraham, which is the father of faith, if you guys don't know. When God made a promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater than God himself, he swore an oath on his own integrity to keep the promise as sure as God exists. So he said, have no doubt. I promise to bless you over and over and give you a son. That was obviously the son of promise and multiply you without measure. So Abraham waited patiently in faith and succeeded in seeing the promise fulfilled. It is very common for people to swear an oath by something greater than themselves for an oath will confirm their statements and end all dispute. So in the same way, God wanted to end all doubt and confirm, it even, and confirm it even more forcefully to those who would inherit his promises. His promise was unchangeable. So God added his vow to the promise. So it is impossible for God to lie, for we know that his promise and his vow will never change, his promise and his vow. And now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. This is where we find his strength and comfort, for he empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time in unshakable hope. We have this certain hope like a strong, unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God himself. Our anchor of hope is fastened by the mercy seat in the heavenly realm and beyond the sacred threshold. Okay, so I'm just going to stop there. So, um, I really wanted to talk about this. That is a really thick, thick couple chapters, a couple, couple verses. I mean, when you read it, how many of you guys fully understood all of it when I read it right then? Yeah, for real, for real. Nobody, literally nobody can understand the full realization. The thing about the Bible is I feel like you have to just sit there and read it like five million times in order to understand it fully because there's just so much in like one sentence you have these huge like groundbreaking concepts 
And so I just really wanted to break this down because I think that there are like a million different valuable little things that we can grab onto tonight from this chapter. So I wanted to talk about the two unchangeable things that we can hope in. I don't know if you guys know this, but there's a difference between God's promises and God's vows. They're two separate things. And when I was researching this and when I was looking this up, I looked at this and it talks about that God has his promise and then he doubles down on it and he makes a vow. And so, um, <clears throat> so I want to talk about God's promise first. Um, God's promise, first of all, if he promises you something, if he tells you something that he's going to do, how, how many of you guys know that you can depend on that promise? That he's, he's good on his word. So why do you think that is, that he's so good on his word? That you can depend on his promise? Because he can't lie. Exactly. Because he cannot sin, he cannot lie, and because his word cannot be changed. When his word goes out, the Bible says that it is faithful to fulfill what has gone out to do. Um, so it's impossible for God to lie. But the thing about this is so interesting because you look in verse 17 and 18, and I'll read that again in this, uh, in this chapter. It says, so in the same way, God wanted to end all doubt and confirm it, it being the promise. So he wanted to end all doubt, like, because basically they said, you know, you're, you're swearing to your, you're promising on yourself. So, because there was nobody greater than God. So God's like, yeah, there's nobody greater than me, so I'm going to promise you on my word that I'm going to do it, but then I'm going to double down on it. And that's basically what this means. He says, I'm going to double down on it. And I want to confirm it even more forcefully to those who would inherit his promises, which is us. So if you have a promise from God that you're standing on, then this is for you. He doubles down on it. His purpose is unchangeable, so God added his vow to the promise. So it is impossible for God to lie, for we know that his promises and his vow never change, meaning both of them. So the difference is this. Like, God told Abraham, I'm going to bless you. And that's the promise, right? So then he also vows, saying, I vow to you that I'm going to do this. So he doubles down on it. And so I want you guys to know that if you guys have both those things, how many of you in your life, you guys have a promise and you guys have a vow from God? Now, how many of you guys have struggled with that same vow and that same promise that God has given you, where you're, you've heard his voice say it, you've heard him say, I'm going to do that, I, I swear to you, I'm going to do this. But then you still struggle and you grapple with the in-between because you have not obtained the promise. So I'm just going to give you a couple of things that are going to help get you through. Because oftentimes, God can give us a vow and he can give us a promise, but then there's the in-between. And we really want to be people who can wait well, because I am somebody who historically in my life has not waited well. And I want to be somebody who waits well. So when we're not waiting well, we can do a couple of different things. And I've done, you know, there's a bunch of different ways, I'm sure, but I've done a couple different things that I want to shed light on. The first thing is that I kick and I scream while I'm waiting. Is anybody, that's their tendency is to kick and scream while you wait? Something like that. Yeah. 
because that's what my first tendency is, is to kick and scream. And then after that, um, I also have been known to just give up and just pretend like the dream doesn't exist because it's sometimes easier. How many of you are that person where you feel like when you have a dream that has unfulfillment in your life, it's easier to just not look at it because it hurts too much? I've also done that. (laughs) I do all of it. Every terrible technique with waiting, I do them all. Yeah, yeah. So um, this is to help us. This chapter was given to believers to help them while they're waiting and to help get them through. So um, the first thing that I wanted to mention is, um, let me just read right after that. Okay, so in verse 18 in the Passion Translation, after it says, so it is impossible for God to lie, for we know his promises and his vow never change, what I already said. Okay, and now listen to this. I want you guys to close your eyes for this because it's really beautiful. And now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. This is where we find strength and comfort. For he empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time in unshakable hope. Okay, now open your eyes. Did you guys feel it more this time that I read it? Did you guys kind of understand it in your hearts? So the first thing is this. Now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. So the first thing that will help get us through is to hide ourselves in him. And I know this seems really foundational. Like, obviously, you want to, you know, we could go back to kindergarten and say, yeah, you want to read your Bible every day. You want to spend time in the presence of God, whatever. But I'm not talking about just doing a good work here where you're still being faithful. Like, there have been seasons while I'm in the waiting where I'm still doing all the things that God wants me to do. But the difference is is that I'm not hiding myself in him. And when I forget to hide myself in him and to really... I guess the difference that I'm talking about is what haunts you in your life? What does your mind go to when you're just sitting? Like, what haunts you? Because what should haunt you is his presence. And I know that that doesn't make any sense, but when you're hiding yourself in his love, and that's like your sanctuary, that's your thing that you want all the time, and that you're thinking about all the time, that you're thinking, when can I get away with the Lord? When can I spend more time with him? How can I hide myself in him? When you have those times... I'm not kidding you. The difference is insane. The difference between me living my life and doing all the things God wants me to do without that secret place versus me just abiding and being haunted by his presence, the difference is insane. What I am, what I'm fueled by, I mean, when it talks about, listen to this. This is where we find strength and comfort. So if you are struggling In this season, while you are waiting for the promise and the vow of God to be fulfilled in your life, if you are struggling with that, I guarantee you that this is one of the things it boils down to. Are you hiding yourself in him? And I'm not talking about reading the verse of the day or reading, you know, your Bible reading plan of the day. I'm talking about are you hiding yourself in his heart? Because if you are, this is is an unshakable truth, guys. This isn't just like, in opinion, this is the infallible word of God. 
It says that if you do that, that is where you will find your strength and your comfort. So if you feel weak and if you feel uncomforted, it boils down to this. Spend time hiding yourself in God. That's what it boils down to. And I know it feels like too easy. You know, like oftentimes the things that are the most valuable in our lives are the things that are too easy. And that's the lie from the devil is to try to get you to not do the things that are obvious. But the times in my life where I have hidden myself in the Lord and where his secret place is truly everything that I want is when I have comfort. It's when I have strength. So that's the first thing. Um, The next thing I wanted to mention with this, and I wanted to read this in a different translation because I memorized it in a different translation, is talking about um, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. And so that's what this is talking about, this concept of the secret place. When you get into the secret place, it says you find your strength and you find your comfort. And so when that happens, it says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Now, obviously, this anchor is Jesus. Obviously, we're the ship. We're the ones who are prone to, like, roll around all over the place. And Jesus is the one who's our anchor. But instead of anchoring us to the ground and anchoring us to the floor of the ocean, it anchors us to the heavens. And so we have a direct line into the presence of God, and that's what it talks about after. Um, It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus went before us, has entered on our behalf, meaning into the heavenlies. It talks about into the holy of holies, which is likened to heaven. And so we have a direct line into heaven. And um, I just wanted to read this one more time. Just like a ship holding a, sh- just like a anchor holding a ship safely in position, our hope in Christ guarantees our safety. However, we are not anchored to the bottom of the ocean. However, we are anchored to the heavenly. So I just wanted to talk about the next thing. Um, if you are doing these things. And if you are somebody who's spending time in the secret place of God, and if you are somebody who is doing all the right things and you're just waiting for the promises of God, this is the second thing that I think, it's been said oftentimes by by Isaac lately and by other people and by sermons that I've listened to, that, um, that there isn't a way to shorten your time of waiting. But there is a time to, there is a way that you can lengthen it by disobedience, by et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of ways that you can lengthen your time of disobedience. We saw that in the Israelites, that they lengthened their time of waiting because of their complaining, because they were complaining in the desert. And there are lots of ways that we can lengthen it, but we, I want to talk about a way that we can shorten it. And not shorten it, shorten it, but that we can make sure that we're not making it longer than it has to be. Does that make sense? So the second thing I wanted to mention, the first thing, like I said, was to hide yourself in the secret place of God. And the second thing is to live your life like you're obtaining the promise. I'm going to say that again. Live your life like you're obtaining the promise. You've heard it say to dress like the job that you want, right? 
Like, if you want to be the CEO of a company, don't dress like a slop when you're, like, hanging out and when you're, like, going to work. You shouldn't be dressing like a slop. You should dress like the job that you want. But I want to say that that's true of the spiritual. If you want to be, say, a pastor, but you don't want to research the Bible and you don't want to spend time being a pastor to people around you, what makes you think that you're going to get that job? Does that make sense? So if you want to be a missionary, but you don't want to talk to the people across the street that live from you, what makes you think that you're going to get that job? Now, I'm not trying to make this sound like if you do this, then all of a sudden, bam, bam, you're all of a sudden going to fly. But there's something to be said with faithfulness. There's something to be said with dressing the part like you're already there. I will say Isaac is the same man pastoring you guys that he has always been the entire time I've known him. If he's not pastoring somebody, I've literally never seen him not pastoring somebody. Even when we were at the Honor Academy together, he was pastoring his roommates. What is that? (laughs) He has pastored people his entire life that I've known him. And why is that? Because it's who God's created him to be. And because he was acting the part, and he was a pastor, and he was constantly working on his skills, and it's just who he was, and he, he really delve, dove into that. He was faithful with that, and he is the same man today that he was then. So here's my question to you. That dream that you have in your heart, maybe that's, I really want to be a mother. And that's what your dream is. So take that really simple concept. I want to be a mom. Now, if you want to be a mom but you don't want to volunteer in the children's ministry at your church, or you don't want to help the people who have kids around you and babysit, you don't want to, you know, you could fill in the gap here. If you don't want to do that, but you feel like you're called to be a mother, and you're just like, oh, I just want God to bless me with children. Come on, you can start to work on that now. You can start to work on some of these right now. And this is something I want you guys to really get, because if we do not do this, This is where you start to be disillusioned with your life in the waiting. Okay, Isaac was never disillusioned in who he was before he became a pastor. Now, why is that? It's because he was pastoring. He was doing what he was called to do. Now, if you are called to do something and you are not currently doing that in the season of life you're in, why do you think that you're disillusioned? It's because you're not being who God called you to be. Okay, so if you have something, a dream, and then like this hope that God has given you, this promise God's given you, and then he's vowed that he's going to do it, of course you're going to feel disillusioned if you're not doing that thing that he called you to do. Joseph was faithful in everything that he did. He worked just as hard in the prison as he did when he was working for the Pharaoh. And it's because it is who God called him to be. So that's a great question I have for you guys tonight. Who has God called you to be? What has God promised you? And how can you live your life right now like you're obtaining the promise? Because God wants you to live your life like you're obtaining his promises every day. And if you're not doing that, that's probably part of the reason why you're disillusioned. Now, if you don't know what disillusionment is, I looked it up on Webster's Dictionary because I had my own definition that sucked. So (laughs) 
Disillusionment means the feeling of disappointment resulting from the discovery that something is not as good as one believed it to be. Now, how many of us does that describe tonight? That you just feel like your life is not as good as you wanted it to be. And it's not as grand as you wanted it to be. Because here's the deal. Us as Christians, we have eternity written in our hearts. And I know I've talked about this before. But because we have eternity written in our hearts, we have this sense of, I'm called to be something. I'm not just called to be nothing. I feel this sense. I mean, we hold the identity of God inside of us, which means that we are called to greatness. So because of that, if we feel like our lives are not as good as we believed it to be, and we just walk around, you know, just like feeling like our lives suck all the time, then I want you guys to just really think about this and really think about this sermon. Um, 2 Timothy 3.5 says, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Um, it, it was talking about, you know, things to watch out for in the end times. But I want us, the reason why it's important that we look at ourselves with this is because we are living in the end times, and we want to make sure that we're not turning into um, people who have the appearance of godliness, but deny its power. Now, what I mean by that is this. Are you doing the thing that God has told you to do, but you have no power in your life? But you have no power in your life. Now, that power obviously comes from the secret place, That power comes from just feeling alive in Christ. And that power comes from doing what God has called you to do now in the season that you're in. I just wanted to mention a couple promises, too. And promises that I specifically felt like I was supposed to go over tonight. Um, Joel 2 talks about this. It says, I will repay you the years stolen from you. Now, how many of you feel like you have had some years stolen from you. Okay, so here's the deal. You can claim this promise as your own if you feel like God is putting it alive in your heart. Is that if you feel like years have stolen from you, did you know that God can redeem years? He can redeem them. And if you feel like it's too late, it's never too late with God. He can redeem years. The next thing is something that I personally love. Isaiah 40, 29 says he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Now, how many of you feel weak tonight and you feel like you have no strength? You can take this and you can hold it because these are, these are verses specifically that I felt like I was supposed to mention tonight. So if you feel like you are weak and you are weary, take this verse. He gives strength to the weary and he increases the power of the weak. The next one is Isaiah 55, 11. It says, so, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth it shall accomplish that which i purpose and it shall succeed in the thing for which i sent it romans 6:18 you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness you have been set free from sin and you are now a slave to righteousness that's a beautiful verse He empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time. Verse 18. It says, So it is impossible for God to lie, for we know his purpose. 
and his vow will never change. And now we run into his heart with faithfulness. This is where we find strength and comfort. And then listen to this. For he empowers us to seize that which has already been established ahead of time, an unshakable hope. Now listen to that again. He empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time, meaning this, before the foundation of the earth, he has told you things, and he breathes it into you, into your life, and here's the deal. He gives you the power to accomplish that which he has already established, meaning you do not have to worry on whether he's going to fulfill that thing that he's put inside of you because he has already established it, meaning it's already a done deal. Okay, and the last thing that I wanted to mention before I start to, before we start to talk and really process through things. Um, I just really wanted to hone it in on this. If you feel like you're somebody in your life where you have broken down dreams, broken down promises, like you have promises that God's given you and you just wonder if it's ever going to come to pass. Or you wonder when, and you're constantly like Abraham, like, I don't know if I'm going to do this ever. I just, I feel like do the things that he's already told you to do. If he has told you, like he's told me to, to preach and to pastor people. So I'm doing the best that I can in this season. And I'm doing the best that I can to be faithful and to be who God's created me to be now. And that has really helped me to be able to, to feel really grounded and to feel like, you know what, I might not have the full realization of the promise, but I feel like I'm living the promise right now because God has been faithful to me now. So I just wanted to, t- I just wanted to end with this. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help him. And I really feel like that this is God's word for tonight, that he's talking to you. And if you feel like you're somebody who's been doing it, but you just feel like, man, I'm just out here, and I'm not seeing, I feel like Joseph, just like sitting there on the floor of, you know, some man, and I'm just a servant. And I'm just wondering where you are. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end in order to make sure, in order to make your hope sure. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. This is a prophetic word that I feel like God gave me for tonight. Some of us here have been lazy. Now, I don't know. You can t- say that for yourself. I know that I look at how I acted the last bit of last year, and I see a lot of laziness in my own life. So think about yourself. I don't want you to think about the people around you, because I'm not. Even if I'm looking at you, I swear I'm not judging you. <laughs> but I just wanted you to know, he sees the work that you've done. He sees the love that you have for him and the love that you have for all the people that are around you. But he says, continue. He says, don't stop there. And if you feel disillusioned, if you feel like you have done your best and now you're like, 
throwing your hands up in the air like, what the heck else can I do, God? I'm just here still. And it's a new year, and I wish I could say new year, you knew me, but like I'm still here, the same place. I'm still doing the same thing. I still have promises that have not been fulfilled. But God is not unjust. He is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. All the people around you that you help, he sees that. But here's the deal. If you have become lazy, if you have allowed yourself to fall into disillusionment, come back to the things that you knew at the beginning. Come back to that simple faith and that hunger you had. I mean, I look at how many times God had to confirm his promise to people in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament. Over and over again, he says the same promise to them. Why? Because we forget easily and we need to be reminded a lot the promises of God in our lives. And you know what? He's not mad at us. He's not mad at us for wanting to bend on him. He's not mad at us for wanting to run to the secret place and get our strength and get our comfort for him. He actually loves that. He's not looking for good soldiers who just do what he wants them to do but has no heart and no mind. He's interested in your heart and he's interested in your mind and he wants you to pour your heart out to him. And when you do that in the secret place and you run to him every single time that you feel disillusioned, you run to him every single time that you feel like, when is this promise going to be fulfilled in my life? When you do that over and over again, he's not mad at you. He actually loves it because he loves confirming his promises to his people. So if you are somebody who's struggled, and I am there, I am there, run to the secret place and do the thing that he's called you to do. Do not get lazy in running to him. Do not get lazy in running to him. Because when you do that, then you become like those people who talks about in the end times, who have the appearance of godliness, but deny its power. Our power is not in what we do. Our power is in our dependence on God. That's where our power comes from. So don't lose that dependence on him, and do not stop doing the thing that he has called you to do because it's very easy to just try to forget the promises or to try to deny its power because sometimes it hurts but i just i wanted us to take some time tonight to really think internally this isn't a time this isn't like a sunday morning where you guys have to volunteer at your churches this isn't a time i know young adults we run this place not just our church but i'm sure your guys' church i mean You run the place when you're a young adult. So this is not a time for you guys to pour out. This is a time for you guys to really take some time and to chew and to think about yourself and to ask yourself, have I allowed myself to be lazy? Have I allowed myself to be disillusioned? Have I allowed myself to have the appearance of godliness, but I have denied its power? And I know this is a hard word to hear. For a lot of us, it's really painful because it's not pretty to say, I've been lazy. (laughs) But it's important for us to keep ourselves running to the secret place. So I'm just going to pray, and then um, I want us to break out into groups of like two or three people. And I want us to just really have some time. Do Do not go into a group with people that you do not feel comfortable with, okay? 
because you do not want to be in a group with people and say something very vulnerable. So be in a group with people that you feel like you can be vulnerable with and don't lie. Like, I really want us to take some time to not lie. Don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to the person next to you. But just be honest about who you are and be honest about where you want to be. Be honest. I really want us to, number one, talk about a promise and a vow that God's given us. You can say, this is the promise, and he's confirmed it with a vow. Or, I don't even know what this means, but I feel like God's told me this. You know, <laughs> like, you can say that. And so, number one, I want us to talk about a promise that God's given us. Number two, I want us to have some real open-ended conversation where we look at ourselves and say, have I been disillusioned with this promise? Have I denied the power in this season? Or have I been dependent on him? Am I running to the secret place? So number one, what's the promise? Number two, open-ended, talk about and process through what has the season of waiting looked like for you? Have you been running to the secret place? And have you been, um, what was, what, what did I say? Live your life like you're obtaining the promises. Have you been lazy? Or have you been living your life like you're obtaining the promises of God? So, anyway, I'm just going to pray and then break out into a couple of people. You know, I'm not going to put a firm, but just a couple of people. Okay, God, I just thank you so much. We humble ourselves before you. You know, the Bible talks about that. If we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, you hear us, you exalt us, you love it. I mean, when we humble ourselves, you just love it. And you're, you're there to talk to us. So if we feel like, um, like we can just be vulnerable here, like we can just actually share what's really going on in our hearts, that we can actually do business tonight and stop beating around the bush, God, we want to do work with you. We want to feel your presence. We want to feel your secret place in our lives. We don't want to ignore the truth. We want to confront the truth, and we want to run. I mean, we want to run. We want to do the things, the eternity that you've put in our hearts. We want to do the things that you've put in us. We want to run. And so, God, I just pray that we would throw everything off tonight, everything that entangles us, every weight God, I just pray that the laziness, the weight of laziness would be off us in the name of Jesus. And I pray that you would just, um, you would give us power and you would give us comfort in your presence. That verse promises to us that we can be comforted and that we can be empowered. So God, I just pray that we would throw off everything that we were never supposed to hold and that we would hold on to power and we would hold on to your comfort.